You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joined in God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. So as a church family, we're deeply involved in poverty alleviation, meaning that as a church family for the last six years, we have walked with people from homelessness to holistic sufficiency from within our own community. Out of that effort, a nonprofit has been born that's not in this church. It just is out of that effort. The nonprofit is its own separate thing called Three Restoration Incorporated that teaches churches, equips, encourages, and empowers local churches to do Um, to be able to equip and encourage and empower men, women, and families living through homelessness to move from homelessness to holistic sufficiency. We now have um, eight partnering churches doing that in Williamsburg, Fredericksburg, Virginia, and Dallas, Texas. So what that means for us is that homelessness has been a part of our narrative here for about six years. And we have seen God bring new life where life was hard to find. Well, then we caught wind that um, about four or five years ago that there were orphans in Kenya who were AIDS orphans, who many of them were homeless, many of them abandoned, many of them just simply lost their parents and their extended families wanted nothing to do with them and some of them just had nowhere to go or some of them lived with grandparents and just couldn't make ends meet. And we as a privileged people could do something about it. And so we began sponsoring children through Christian Relief Fund, which is ultimately who Lawrence is connected to. And now to date, six years later, we have 102 children sponsored through this church in addition to housing 175 additional orphans by building a children's home and a compound in Taraqua in the Taraqua village in Kenya as well. So all, be, all, all told, uh, this church is uh, graciously and mercifully responsible to love and care for and provide for roughly 277 orphans in Kenya. Well, praise the Lord for that. The truth is, we do the easiest thing ever. We send money, and we pray. The people who love and who sacrifice and who give of themselves to make sure that these precious, beloved, beautiful children made in the image of God have a life are people like Lawrence, people like Lillian, people like Victor. They are doing the hard work. They're sacrificing the things that we aren't. We're giving out of our abundance, and they are giving What they would say is out of their abundance, but really, they're just giving what they have. Most importantly, their life. There's a unique connection between this church and Lawrence, his family, and Rongo, the community from where he's from. So what I'd like to do is now turn it over to Lawrence. And Lawrence, we got about, if we can, kind of let's keep a time. Um, What I love and miss about Kenya is Kenyan time. All right. (laughs) And I've been pretty good at living on Kenyan time for a little while. Um, I think our church is getting good at living on Kenyan time. So you know what, man? Let's just live on Kenyan time this morning. Um, so tell us a little bit of your story. Uh, tell us how you got involved in what God is doing in Nema Center um, and in Rongo. So I leave it. I leave it with you, Lawrence. Go ahead. Uh, thank you, um, Lawrence Ngoje. I'm married uh, to Pauline, and we have two sons, Fred and uh, and Dan. Did you hear that? They have a son named Fred. I just want to put that out there because he's much cuter than I am. But I just want to, oh, he is, believe me, that's not hard to, that's not hard to do. But, but Fred is really a cute, a cute kid. So, and so is Dan, so is Dan. Don't want to leave Dan out. Yeah, and um, this work, the NEMA work started with my parents, uh, Zachariah and Rebecca. Uh, Zachariah made missionary, a missionary who was sent out by a Christian church. 
this missionary has since uh, gone to be with the Lord. This was back in the year 1974. Uh, this missionary taught my dad the word, and uh, they continued studying the word together for a period of two years before my dad would start a church within our community, that is uh, the Winyo community. Uh, but then this missionary will be transferred to another, another part of Kenya altogether. And another missionary was later on sent to take over from him. This was uh, now sent by the Church of Christ, that is the year 1976. He was called Lawrence Barr. Uh, I will be born later on and named after him. That's how I got my name, Lawrence. And so my dad faithfully studied the word and uh, started uh, the Winyo Church of Christ uh, back then. And uh, my dad did not grow, f he grew from a, a poor family, a family that knew no God, and, uh, and he was the only one who would, would cling on God. Uh, after meeting the missionaries. And so he went about teaching and uh, baptizing uh, members of the community into Christ, uh, even though he never went to school. Uh, but miraculously, he learned to read the Bible. And so without going to school, my dad reads Bible. Uh, I think the missionaries will teach him how to, how to read. Uh, times were very hard for him. He could not afford sending my siblings to school, most of them. Only four of us out of nine managed to go to school, uh, but the rest could not manage because he could not actually uh, meet the cost for uh, school fees. He was not employed, but he would go in the community working on people's uh, gardens and, uh, and do a little carpentry, carpentry, carpentry work from where he would get, get some, some little earning and uh, pay for our school fees later on. So your father made ends meet by tending other people's gardens and doing carpentry work? Yes. Um, but one thing he consistently did was to pray and study with us the Bible. When I was still young, we will always gather and study the Bible. I remember for some time, it, is, it was only my dad, mom, and my siblings who would be in the church. Like every Sunday, we would be only together, the, the family. I think out of that consistently, those whom he was reaching out, you know, would, would now join and, uh, and, uh, and get baptized and the church will grow. One thing that our community and our village was suffering seriously from by that time was uh, illiteracy. A lot of people from the community were not going to school. One thing was that the school was far away. Besides it, uh, due to little earning, nobody will afford school. And, uh, and, so, and so out of He's consistently, he one day approached my brother, elder brother, after he graduated from a, a theology college. He's called Charles. Today is the elder of the Winyo Church of Christ to start a school at the church so that the community and the, 
the children from the church will get education. My dad valued education so much, even though he never managed to go to school, and even though he could not be able to educate all his children, but still valued education and wanted the community to have that education. And so, one thing he always can tell us is to trust in God. And so we grew up knowing that church is the hope for us as a family and again for our community. And so we always wanted to change our community in some way through the church. And we grew knowing that knowing Christ is much more important and any other thing will come later on. And so when I was an adult, I was working in Kisumu. He, my dad and Charles approached me and asked me to come back home to serve at the church, at the school that was started at the church. That was pretty hard for my family because Kisumu is a city and uh, with the city there was electricity and there was flowing water, there was flush toilet, you know, all that kind of stuff. But coming back to the village means that we had to give up that life. We had to abandon the electricity, we had to give up uh, running water, flush toilet, and uh, room for our boys. Though by then we had got one, Fred was, was like um, uh, one year, approaching two years, but then we had to change that life. It was a hard thing to discuss with my wife. So, so, so you know that um, Lawrence worked at Ring Road, um, which Jared Adiambo directs that work there. He's one of our missionaries, and uh, that's a CRF work. Lawrence was working there in Kasumu. Kasumu is, a, is a, one of the cities we went to, a very large city, where they had electricity and running water. But then when Lawrence's father called him to come and serve his own village and his community, uh, Lawrence and his family had to give up what had become a genuine luxury, um, uh, electricity, running water, and all of that. So the sacrifice to come back, um, I could only imagine would be great because I know for many of us, our mentality sometimes is to get out, right? Like we want to get out of that small town. We want to graduate Williamsburg and get out of here. We want to graduate high school and go somewhere else or whatever the case may be. But Kenyan culture, one of the many things we can learn is the deep devotion to one's home, the deep devotion to one's neighborhood, to one's village or to one's city deep devotion to give back to the place that formed us most, even if it requires sacrifice. But I'll get on that in a minute because Lawrence models that in a way that I think is quite unique. So um, keep going, brother. So besides all that, we had again to sacrifice our pay because in Kisumu uh, we were on payroll. But coming back home, coming back to the village, to a school that had not got uh, good routing means we had to sacrifice that as well. So this was a, it took, it took me being the head of the family and being the one who was approached to, to sell this idea to my wife. And, uh, and it was a little bit hard on, for both of us. You know, we had to say, now how are you going to do this? How? How was a big question. But we confronted the fear. And one day together we said, okay, let us go. So we moved back home to the village. And uh, I was asked to, 
to be administrator for in charge of finances at the school and did this quite a, quite quite a time and as I, as I was discharging my duties interacting with uh, guardians and parents and children in most cases i will one day i realized that a child was always down and in visiting with the, with this boy I realized this boy did not have a home uh, to go to every evening so the child was homeless the child was homeless <laughs> after school he will go and visit one child or another in different dates different days most of them and particularly this boy did not have even where to eat except that food that was being provided at school in the morning for morning breakfast and lunch and so i asked this boy if he could come and stay with me and he was like when do i come so i told him okay i will i will tell you tomorrow when to come so i went and talked to my wife about this shared this with my wife and uh, and uh, she agreed that we can have that boy into our home the same story repeated itself another second boy uh, the same situation uh, this is our village was 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 seriously affected when aids was first realized when aids was first realized yes seriously affected many many parents died uh, leaving their children uh, I, i mean without without anybody and so up to a point when we had got three children in our own home and our house is is uh, pretty small uh, it is two rooms one bedroom and a living room one our bedroom serves as uh, the kitchen store and uh, as well as a bedroom and our living room is uh, is a, a a bedroom for our boys and again now for the three for the three for the two boys and one girl who came to stay with us and and now a lot of children wanted to come to our home because we had taken some and uh, we could not we could not fit this more than three in that kind of situation and so i approached a friend of mine who was working in kisumu we worked with in kisumu but had a home within the village but since he was out there in kisumu his home was not occupied so when i approached him and asked him if he can allow me use his home when he's gone with his family he gave me a reply like after three weeks uh, that uh, okay Lawrence you can go ahead and use that house and that was a big relief to us and so we took the three boys I mean two boys and one girl there and added three more children to that very place the next question was who was going to attend to these children while they are out there that was a big snack but then very quickly i realized that there's a woman within our village who had got a problem with this uh, with her in-law family he her husband had died and uh, because she did not give birth to a baby boy the in-law family rejected her and sent her away she was from one home to another 
during that period of time. And so I approached her and asked her if she would be willing to come and live with the boys and girls in that home that I'd got. And she was like, Lawrence, when do I come? And her name was? This is Mary. I just love that. Like I caught that first service that her name was Mary. So I want to I recap just to make sure everybody's following. So um, what you find in Lawrence's story is something uniquely um, beautiful, but, but similar to what we've learned from uh, even Francis. That God seems to raise up very particular men and women in Kenya. And these works at CRF start organically. They start naturally. Lawrence, as a man of God, saw a child in need and took a child in home and then took another child in home and then took another child in home and then needed to take in more children at home and God needed to provide a new home. Um, and then God provides a caretaker. And I want to make sure that, that we all understand that in, in that particular culture, um, when the uh, daughter-in-law was left alone, um, because of the death of the husband, if she had not given birth to a son, she was then discarded from the in-law and discarded from the home. Um, that's, that's actually um, an Eastern cultural tradition in general. It's in your Bibles. Um, it's what happens. Uh, that's why there's a kinsman redeemer in the Scripture. Christ becomes our kinsman redeemer. But that's what we see in like Boaz and Ruth's story, um, for example. So you get to see the Bible play itself out um, in this story even still. But then you get to see God who I would imagine Mary had prayed some prayers, right? Yep. And you, you saw God use Lawrence to be the answer to Mary's prayers, but yet Lawrence was the answer to the prayers of these children. Are you following that? You're seeing God's provision at work, His Holy Spirit at work in this. Um, and so now you have Mary. So pick up where, where you left off. Uh, Mary was sickling a bit. Uh, from time to time... She will be in obstacle, and whenever she was away, we'll, I will find somebody willing, without pay, because you know we started this work without any pay, uh, depended on our little earning, and from friends, uh, from members of the village who will bring in their cons, from time to time beans, uh, sugar, uh, millet, uh, and so this is actually what we depended on, and so whenever Mary was sick. And away in Obstall, then a lady or, or a man. And many times my wife will allow me, you go and stay with them. I will stay with the children for, uh, for sometimes two nights, uh, three nights. So life went that, that way. Uh, this friend of mine from Kisumu gave me his home to use. Uh, after some time he approached me and told me, you know what, Lawrence, we can help in this work. We can put our resources together at the end of the month and then we support these children. And so that was a big answered prayer. And so we did that. And uh, in the year 2012, 2012. Now listen to this, church. This is an important part of the narrative too. A team, a CRF team visited Kisumu. And in their visit, they asked if they can meet Lawrence. Uh, because I think uh, from Facebook and uh, internet they had seen that work and, uh, and because uh, some members of, from Kisumu were also in touch with that work and so they came down to, uh, to, to Rongo and uh, Dr. Milt, Milton was in that team and after the visit he told me that Lawrence we are going to partner with this work and so that I think that was in, uh, around in July 
And in September that very month, 2012, uh, the first bunch of children under that under the NEMA program, uh, by then it was Miguena under Miguena program got sponsorship, and uh, it touched my heart later on to learn and to be here today that the first team that sponsored the first children under that program were from the Williamsburg Church. Did you know that? So in 2012, I called Milton. We had already sponsored a group of kids in 2011. And I asked Milton, instead of sending us a bunch of children from various places, Kasumu and Eldoret, which are so far apart, I said, why don't you choose a village and let us, let us sponsor a village? We don't we care for a village. And the village he sent was the first bunch of children at what was then called the Maguena village, where the children that Lawrence was caring for. Um, which is when I first met Lawrence's name, heard Lawrence's name. And when George and I visited Kenya, we were able to have a couple of special trips, thanks to Lawrence driving us um, upwards to eight hours to spend time with us so we could meet the children. Um, and so no, church, you know, unbeknownst to all of us, God is doing what he's doing in Kenya, right? Um, through Lawrence and his family. And yet God is calling us half a world away to be the first church and the first group of Christians here to sponsor those children as well. Um, so God's hand in our lives as a church across the world is just unbelievably amazing um, that we get to join in God's work somehow. And we, again, we get to do the easy part, but it's a beautiful thing to know that um, our brother's here with us today. I, just, I love that part of the story, and I praise God for it. So uh, take us home, brother. Uh, just as our faith is being tested, this work for some time went through some turmoil. Uh, we had various challenges and we were almost uh, shutting the program down. But then God sent a family, again through CRF team who came down to visit. Uh, this family will not only be sponsors to some of the children, but then they offered themselves to be parents, to be mom and dad to these children. And this is the FIFAs who are today with us, uh, who when they visited, uh, Tracy came and, uh, and her daughter, Nelly, but then they would later on leave their hearts there. They are here with us. So Tracy and kiddos, if y'all just for a yes. moment, just at least stand, if you will. And, and these are, so we, we praise God for you. Yeah. These children did not have a better home. The home that I had got from a friend, who, a home that which, which will be taken back, and when it, was taken, when it was taken back and we had got the notice of being taken back, the question was, where would the 15 children go to? This home, in as much as it did not have running water, did not have electricity, did not have flush toilets, did not have good kitchen, but it was a home for these children. And so this family came and offered uh, a home, a beautiful home. That is the home today. It has got electricity, it has got running water, it has got flush toilet, it has got a library, it has got a good kitchen. And I will say that George and I had commented, and I want to share that with you here, and I think I mentioned this on our Kenyan night for, when we had that dinner together, that 
This particular home was one of the nicest homes we went to in terms of the quality of work. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It's, it's small for the number of children that are there. Um, God needs to provide another home for them. Um, but it's a beautiful home. And Lillian, um, Lillian, if you'll raise your hand. She's the nurse there and loves on the children and cares for the children. Victor, if you'll raise your hand again. Uh, he's a chaplain for those students. And Leah, sweet girl, if you don't mind, would you raise your hand, please, sweetheart? She's one of the students that are there um, as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. Lawrence, it's yep. a very beautiful place. In this picture, just to clar- clarify something, um, the children had never known a silly face. And so I was on a mission in Kenya <laughs> to spread the love of silly faces all throughout the land. So this crazy Mzungu, which is what they call us white folk, um, was able to uh, teach these kids a silly face. And uh, at first they looked at me like I was indeed a crazy Mzungu. But they, they, they caught on really quickly. I mean, even George, if you see up there, George even has his tongue sticking out. That's about as silly as George Brooks gets. I guess um, that's what you get with a criminal defense attorney is that. Um, but it was, uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful moment. These are such, my goodness, they are such good children. Um, and they are smart, and they are wonderful um, children. And Leah is, uh, represents them well in her sweet presence, and Lawrence and his family and those around him have loved them well. I want to tell you that um, Lawrence takes, he models for me a pride of land. I believe in being grateful for the country that we have. I believe in taking pride in that if pride is gratefulness, not um, nationalism, but a gratefulness. I believe in taking pride in where we live in our city, uh, in Williamsburg. Um, Lawrence models what I believe to be a healthy pride, a God-honoring gratefulness for where he is because this man loves his village. And you could hear it when he had introduced you to a child that was actually, you know, that was growing up and, 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 and moving on and, and maybe going to move out of Rongo. You could see it in Lawrence when he'd put their hands on his shoulder and say, and one day this child will come back and make Rongo a better place. And so his heart for his village and his home is beautiful and something I think we all could learn from um, to see it flourish and to see uh, the children stay put and grow and make, uh, make that place a, a better place and a better home. Uh, so what would you, um, what would you have? you have a word for us, Lawrence? How would you want to close this conversation out with us? Uh, one thing I may want to say is that this home houses... 30 children, uh, boys and girls, but then it restricts us in the ages for the boys and girls that we can have because it is under one roof. Our government and any other person may not want uh, children of teenage ages to be under one roof. So we restrict that. In, in that restriction, it means that we have to find foster program for some of these children. Some of the foster families have got challenges, as we, I mean, which is obvious, uh, because some of them have got tough times uh, feeding for these children, uh, you know, and, uh, and even primary health care, in as much as we try. But, you know, it still rests on the shoulder of Nema uh, to see that the, those families, they have food, they can have uh, primary health care. Uh, some of them are also exposed to, to some, some dangerous practices uh, because they are out there. 
One day when, when Tracy was visiting and we went to one of the foster families, one of the children uh, we, we sponsored there, asked, asked uh, Sister Tracy if he would come and stay at NEMA. Many such questions, many such desires are on us, but then we have to say no because one, the space is small, two, we have to consider age. When God blesses us, then we desire to have another facility for boys. Uh, most you'll realize most of the children that that are sponsored uh, from the Williamsburg are within the with the foster families because they have grown of age they, because they were the first lot right. and so they are out there. But we will bring them on board when God blesses us with a facility for boys. Another thing that I want to say: your support is not only giving education and primary health care to these children. But your support goes far much more into bringing and reuniting the families. Which is not the question of your support. I mean, it is not in the picture. But this is the story, very briefly, uh, Pastor. There are a lot of women who are widows, who have run away, leaving their children back. But upon the realization that Neymar has taken their children, Neymar is supporting their children, they will come back to the village because that burden has been taken away from them. So your support goes much more, more than just education and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and primary health care and food for these children. But it is rebuilding broken families. Thank you.